Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Let's do this. Come on. Let's do this like Brutus. Lucky. You're a part of basically hard luck. Basically, basically hard luck. Hard shots. Good morning and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. So Lucky, you know the deal. Got the Indian, got all blue eyes. Right. Happening, guys. Good morning <laughs> and listen. If you don't know who we are, go back to the other 300 episodes where we got all of those. 370 episodes. Right. We got all of those ad nauseum. It's time now. If you don't know by now, then fuck it. You don't know. It's the Hard Luck Show. That's it. That's right. And today, yeah. special, special guest. I've been waiting and trying to get this woman. I'm bothering my staff all the time. When's this guest coming on? This woman, uh, by the name of Veronica Arroyo. Uh, was the woman who developed and wrote uh, the film and story Mi Vida Loca. All right? Powerful, powerful film. Uh, she reigns from the Echo Park area and she's coming today to share her story and I've been anticipating to get to hear this woman's story. This is the type of, st- this is the type of content we bring you from the Hard Luck Show. Let's welcome Veronica to the welcome. show. Welcome. Hi, hi hello. Would you like to introduce your 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 second half with you here as well? I have my husband Mike. Mike, Mike, Mike in the house. And is your vida loca, sir? (laughs) (laughs) Veronica, thank you for coming down today, man. We, me and Veronica met um, through Spider. Shout out to Spider. It was an event that was going on out. um, I forgot where that event was. Pico Rivera. Pico Rivera. Yeah, yeah, it was that big event, big concert. Yes. Yeah, and uh, we met. We got to chat, and he brought me over. And I, I gotta admit, everybody, I was a little bit starstruck meeting Veronica because um, I was very clear when this film came out um, a lot of the press surrounding this film uh, the backstory I know some people that were actually in the film and um, the film itself and the story was beautiful and so well done and so authentic and such an important story about our culture and about Los Angeles and um Man, I mean, do you did you see the film? I've seen the film a couple of times. Yes, right, and it was iconic when it came out, right, Veronica? Yeah, there was nothing like it. <laughs> no, I mean, Mm-mm. what was out there that was kind of in that genre around that time? I think we had um, what American Me. Right, it was it was mostly the men's um, right, men's right, men's perspective. men's perspective. Yeah, right, right. So you and had so, the prison life perspective, and then sure. you had. The streets, uh, the struggles that the guys dealt with in, in the streets, and right, and yeah. in prison, yeah. And so, what caused you to think that um, this story needed to be told? It wasn't. 
you know, it wasn't even a thought for me. It mm-hmm. was um, the director, um, Allison Anderson. She right. lived in Echo Park. Right. And she used to ride the bus with my mom in our hangout where they would get off the bus. Really? Where, where she used to see me all the time. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. So she would always tell my mom that, you know, she wanted to do a movie. She was a producer. And my mom would tell me all the time. But I was like, no, nah, I'm not into it. You know, I had no interest in it. I'm young. Like, Wait, wait, wait a second. Let's slow it down. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very fascinating. Yeah, yeah, How yeah, yeah. old are you at this time approximately? Fifteen. So you're 15, and you're the only 15-year-old woman in Los Angeles that's not interested in being in a film. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and what was the reason at the time, do you recall, like, what was it about all of that that you weren't interested in? It just nothing that caught my attention. Like, I didn't, um, you know, I, I didn't discover my voice and the person that I was until during that time of the movie, filming, and I realized, like, how important... I was to other people mm-hmm. and um and it went on from there i just like okay this lady kept you know asking my mom asking my mom and to shut her up i said like all right tell her to bring the, the the script and six months later she comes with this script and i was like oh shit this white lady was real <laughs> right and it's allison anders right yes allison and she's anders. a midwestern white lady yes and she's riding the bus and somehow she well, let's let's ask you. What was the cultural difference? What was it tough for you a little bit or them or how did that all work out? For them it was um I think it's tough for me now because I feel that the reverses are rolled are are turned the roles yeah. are reversed, right? What do you mean? What do you mean? Um so Echo Park was nothing but um family it was like family owned homes by um older generation Mexican families. Right. Um it was bunch of old, you know, second, third, fourth generation right. families that owned homes there. Um, so the way it is now, now you have a lot of the hipsters, a lot of um, people that are coming from New York. Full gentrification. Yeah, full gentrification. Correct. Right. So when I say the ta- the roles are reversed, so... Tables have been turned around. Yeah. And Echo Park is somewhere, you know, I always like to say, and I feel like in many ways, Santa Monica and Venice has been talking about gentrification for a long time. It happened kind of early on over on the west side. And I feel like Echo Park was part of the early um, gentrification move. Like a lot of people found out about that area and how well it's centered and how close it is to Hollywood and how beautiful that part of town is. And it like it got found out and then bam. Very quickly. I mean, now it's been gentrified for a while. Oh, yeah, Echo it's Park. done. It's done. So growing up for me, it was um, it was it was home. It was I didn't feel out of place. I didn't feel um, different than the, like the way I do now. Now it's sad to say. Now I do really feel like. Sure. Do you I'm still of, live in Echo Park? I do. I and do you live in the same place or area, or has your place changed? It's changed. So now I'm on the Dodger side, Dodger Stadium side, yeah. in my backyard. Right. So I'm right in the middle. I got um, Chinatown on this side, and then Echo Park on this side. I'm spanked right in the middle. Wow. Yeah. So if you're 15, and your mom's riding the bus with this director slash producer, who I looked at her credits, and she's done a couple of things, but this really was the film that put her on the map. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so what happens when you finally say yes? Okay, fine. Just to shut her up, right? It's probably not even going to happen. Six months, she shows up with a fucking script, right? Yeah. And you look at this script, and what do you think? I was shocked. I was like, oh, shit, this white lady's real. (laughs) Like, she was really paying attention. (laughs) She really paid attention. And And when she brought the script, she told me, she was, you know, very upfront. It's 
not gonna probably be to your liking some of the um the words and 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 the way we just we describe the aerials or you know the way we put the scenes together and um she's like i have to keep some of it hollywood i'm 15 years old i didn't know what she meant by that right mm-hmm. right okay. right 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 you know I'll go home and i'm reading through the script and i'm like I don't talk like that. Right. We, we, we don't say that or we, you know, right. we didn't do this. And what is the example? Do you, can you recall an example of something where you're like, yeah, we don't say fucking swell or whatever it was. Do you have something that you recall that you were like, that's gotta go. I'm sorry. There's a few things I can't, um, t- off the top of my head, it would be when they would say, I'll give you a perfect example where mm-hmm. Giggles gets out of jail, right? And uh-huh. she's talking about the computers and future and stuff like that. Right. Okay, yeah. so that was, it's a trip that you would, I, I never thought of um, any of that growing up around that time, right? Like, right. But then she puts that in there and then look at here we are in the future and what's, <laughs> and what's it's going true. On. It's true right, what right. she meant. I don't think people now, kids, right? Young people, Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds listening right now can really contemplate just how in 1994, three, when was this filmed actually? 94. It, it was filmed in 93, got released, yeah, 94. Right. So in 93, when you say computers were the future, that, it wasn't a foregone conclusion yet, especially in Echo Park. Yeah. Right. Right. Not right. at all. Yeah. So, and, and so, now, I, I learned something. That was Selma Hayek's debut film. Yep. Right? Crazy. Do you rem- and she was just at that party or whatever it was. Do you remember her at all? Yeah. Yeah. And what, did you have to throw down or did you have to give her direction and say, hey, no. get out of my light? She was so she was on the other side of the rival gang, right? That's mm-hmm. the girl. She played the girlfriend of the other rival gang. So yeah. it wasn't really having to coach her nothing. She just had that one little that part. And um, I know, I know, and I'm going to be truthful and honest about it. But she doesn't um, have anything to do with what does not want anything to do with the movie or what she won't. Why? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if. I don't know. I mean, it's I would a, be like, hey, this is what got me started. You yeah, know? I would be yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. She tried to disown it and just, uh, yeah. that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. doesn't want to bring light on it. That's no. crazy. Because that's crazy, man. Yeah, to me, that gives her, that's the coolest thing ever. That's the cool, you know? that's what, yeah, that's the incredible thing about her. Yeah. Yes, whatever. Selma Hayek, what are you thinking? Yeah, come on, you know what? Selma, speak up on it. Yeah, yeah, come on to the hard luck show and tell yeah. your side of the story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, come on. So let me ask you something. You read this script, right? Now, she, I mean, was there was there was there changes? Where was there a sit down with her and her team and saying, "Hey, listen, some things need to change"? Or this is like what you were reading. Were you flabbergasted, or were you like, "Okay, like this is something to work with"? Or she's kind of almost on with. What was your opinion of it? Yeah, we it? we so she gave us the script and she gave me a couple to give to all the other girls and everybody that wanted to participate because it was kind of hard to get the guys to come on it. Right. But so, but you know, I had to throw. Well, she's gonna pay you. Right. <laughs> so then I was like, all right, we're going to get money for it. Um, so we had a big help with the script. And, and we used to sit down and we would go over the script and cross some, some stuff out. But like, no, we don't really say this or this right. ain't us. doesn't feel real. Um, so she, we had a really big part with it. and, and um, Of course you did. Sounds like you got of, to consult and yeah, help rewrite. From the clothing and to the, the, the way we um, walk, dress, talk. Like they really studied us. And um, I mean, to the T. So even when you see the the actors talking and, and um, the way they're acting in the movie, right? Yeah. They were like that with us offset. Like it was a trip because here they would they would tell us, man, it was scary to meet you girls. And um, but at the same time, it was nerve wracking and scary for us. Like I was nervous. I didn't know anything about acting. And 
actors right. and actresses and what they do and what I got to do. And right. so, um, yeah. How, what was you, so I'll, you know, and this is just me asking it, right? And you can set me straight if it is, but at any time did you feel a little bit like, hey, this is our life. And, and, and I'm glad that it's going onto the big screen, but at the same time, you're all going to leave. And we're still going to be here. And are we getting a cut of the film? Mm. Like, was there any feeling like that that you had to a certain extent in thinking about it? She made it, she made it ours, and she made sure to make make that noticeable. Um, really, Allison wasn't just this, you know, white lady that lived in the neighborhood and felt sorry for the kids, right? No, she really made us feel welcome. Um, she lived there. I I want to say a little over fifteen years in Echo Park, I believe. Um, her kids went to the same elementary school we went to. Wow! So it's a piece of her life too. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's encouraging. Yeah, that is. That is. Yeah, it sounds like it's coming from a true, genuine place. You know what I'm saying? Right. Not manufactured with gains and aims for for you know for herself or an agenda. More like a piece of her sharing what she experience yeah right yeah because she would hang when she would get off the bus she would come talk to us girls and the guys and hang out with us for a little bit talk and you know just to get to know us a little better and um i guess at that time she was also doing her homework like observing the way we interact with each other and um but she also i remember having a conversation with her and she was she would say that um she would just see us as little kids like young kids having fun and enjoying our life hanging out in the corner Right. She didn't see anything wrong. And I think at that moment is when I realized, like, this lady's real. She's authentic because she wasn't judgmental. She wasn't, you know, oh, poor little Mexican kids. Here, let me give you a role. Let me help you out with money. It was never like that feeling. It was more like a big sister motherly type of feeling that she would, you know, she made us feel very comfortable. She saw you as humans. Yeah. 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 And my so what about your mom? What did your mom think about this process? Because my wife is Guatemalan and her mom is her biggest fan, but also her biggest critic. So it's a tough, you know, right? How was it for you? Um she never you know what my mom was never on the set. My mom um she would just ask how did it go? It wasn't really I guess she saw us comfortable and she knew that we were comfortable with filming. Right. So there wasn't really a concern for her. She never really made it a point to be out there and make sure that, you know, I don't know, I guess because we were, um, at 15, it's, it, it, I don't want to say it's sad to say, but I was very mature. A lot of us were at that age. We right. were, like, grown, and we were pretty much hip to what was going on in society in our lives. And, you know, so I guess my mom felt comfortable. But, yeah, she never came on the set and said anything other than, how was your day, me? How filming me today? <laughs> wow. And let me ask you, like, so while this is going on and while this woman's kind of watching this, What's the underbelly of what's going like uh, is there's obviously this is a neighborhood so there's and there's males and females in this and there's at that time you're talking about 94 you know this is an active time in LA for lots of different neighborhoods so what was going on you know aside of like Hollywood and this thing that she's watching there's got to be a dark real side to what's happening as well yeah the um so the good thing of her living in Echo Park, she knew of the um, gang activity that was going on. She was familiar. She would hear the shootings, right. you know, on a day to day. She knew um, when somebody got hurt, somebody got shot, or somebody got jumped. She was she knew. Um, so it was a concern for us when she when we started filming, not that we were going to get hurt, but 
the people that were coming with her. So, you know, the crew. Right. Um, the actors. And we kept, you know, I remember we would tell, um, when we had a conversation, it was like, are you sure this is something you want to do? So she accommodated us, though. So a lot of uh, filming went during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, some night filming. But she made sure that we were taken care of and we were safe. Um, shit did happen, though. <laughs> I would imagine, like, I just right. can imagine, like, a neighborhood, like, are now all these cameras in, and, like, other neighborhoods where enemies being like, dude, they're fucking filming a movie over there. Yeah, yeah. We would be filming up one street, and down the street, you would hear, pow, 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 shooting. You're like, oh, shit. You know, we would, okay, I think we need to stop. Let's make sure everybody's safe. Yeah. <laughs> and was there, um, was there any, um, how do I say this? Did anybody have to pay any taxes in order to allow the film to get shot? Let's not even ask yeah. that question. That's not even a good question. <laughs> yeah, to ask. yeah. So, man, I mean, um, that that was that was definitely some of the like, the you know, I was just kind of kind of comparing it to like maybe a neighborhood where I'm from, or if something was going on like that would cause a lot of and stir up a lot of attention. She so she wasn't scared off by all that. No, no, she was. I'm telling you, she was a very um, humble person. Very. She was hip to it, like you know, because she's lived there for so long. So she was immune to it. I would say, like us, right? We were right. immune to it. Right. So was she. And oh, oh, go ahead. No, I wanted to. I wanted to back up a little bit and find out about you know you and the neighborhood and and kind of like you growing up and what what did you find? I mean, I I imagine that it's very organic because you're kind of falling into suit with what's going on around you. But you know what. You know, when did you find that lifestyle attractive and start moving, moving towards that? And was there, was your ever your mom like what you're wanting to keep you away from that lifestyle, or you know, how did that you know as a young woman come growing up there? It was, um, I, it, it's hard. Uh, how can I say it? So, older, older, older generation neighborhoods are are more family oriented. So it's like. It's kind of like a generational thing, right? Um, with us, we grew up all together. We all went to the same elementary school together, mm-hmm. junior high, high school. So it was just something that you were in. Like it was never like, oh, I want to be from Michael Park. Oh, I got to be from Michael Park. It was just you grew up with them. There were childhood friends. We grew up. We all claimed Echo Park. We were all from Echo Park. We all did things for Echo Park. And um, it, I was never, I never felt like an outsider because mm-hmm. we had some outsiders that came from different neighborhoods that got into, well, not came from different neighborhoods, but lived in different areas that got jumped into Echo Park. Right. But um, you kind of always felt the difference. Like, we were schooled properly by our older homeboys, homegirls. Mm-hmm. Um, we had that respect morals. Some of them that came in didn't have that respect morals, weren't raised the way we were. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, you know, bumping heads there, here and there. And stuff like that. That's like that interesting scene in the movie where I think it's like Giggles gets out and she's talking to the other lady and they're talking about, well, when we were younger, we had values and virtues and blah, blah, blah. These younger kids today, they don't have it at all. And they're talking about like the kids in the 90, 93, 94. And now people are saying it today. Same thing. Maybe they're just always saying it. Well, I think that's a line in the movie that the lady makes a comment that, like, the older generation's always Always going to. Yeah. Well, another thing that is interesting about it was a couple questions. Like, one is, like, I mean, I grew up in that culture. You know, I, people, you know, know where I'm from, whatever it might be. But the thing about Echo Park is, like, for one, 
there's there's a large community of of homegirls, but like not all neighborhoods have that, you no. know. But your neighborhood, there was like there's like a, a whole set of homegirls. Like, right. how does that? How is that? Do, I mean, what's the answer to that question? Like, I mean, it just you guys are deep with the females. Yeah, it goes back from my husband's generation. Um, yeah, what did you have to do with that, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> this is all because of Mike. Yeah, huh? Mike, it's your because he dated all of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I mean, it just goes back to like she says, it was family oriented, and and we all grew up with brothers, uncles, family members from the neighborhood. So it was more like family, not like you're getting into a gang. You're becoming part of the extended family, right? Know? Right, right, right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, and I think 92, maybe, no, I think 94 that year was the last year that we allowed a female to get jumped into really? the neighborhood. Yeah. Really? We put a stop to it. It was, um, we had little girls that would claim the neighborhood and they were going to different neighborhoods starting problems. Mm. Um, yeah. So it was like something had to be done. We, that's it. No more girls after this. We had one home girl, um, Rascal and that was it after her you know I think we had another woman I can't remember where she was from um, and she her stories I mean the, the, she was very deep and very strong and I've heard from other folks that the women right tend to be very strong and very what's the right word for this I don't know how to explain this um, why are women so badass when they're in this situation? Why are they so strong? Damn, babe, answer that one for me. <laughs> yeah, Mike, what are you doing? Answer that. Why? Uh, the way I see it is because they, they have to, like, um, not be equal to the homeboys, but they have to stand up for themselves and be try to be just like the homeboys, you know? Right. They, I mean, these, these are... I don't mean to interrupt, but it's and like these are. They even go further. Right, that's what I'm. Guys. That's Absolutely. what I hear. Because you, out there gang banging and like wow. <laughs> yeah, because they're they're coming into a male dominant yeah. um, whole lifestyle. That's right. primarily a male thing. So even to even have the balls to even step into it, and then once you're there, you have to prove yourself yeah. ten times over. Yeah. You got to go above and beyond to get respect, and and I gotta say this. I mean. I was working in San Francisco, and there, and and the transitional house, the transitional position that I was handling was transitional living for men and women, and a lot of them were coming out of prison. That is Saska um, a contract, and so we were housing a lot of men that were ex-lifers. We were also housing a lot of women that were ex-lifers, and I talked to a lot of these women, and and I just and it, this now this is not anything chauvinistic and I'm not trying to put down women at all but I have to say that some of the women that were murderers and killers that I had met that had finally done their life since come on their stories are way crazy way more I mean when you think that dudes are cold right yeah, yeah. these these were like straight like you were like, I was like look what at, look at that Look yeah. at her face. Look at Veronica's no. face. That's a face of like, hey, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was nervous just sitting down talking. I was like looking over my shoulder like, I've you did off, what? I gone off on him, you know, one time and it it <laughs> it was like that, you know, a, a couple of days later after I calmed down and everything and he came back home and it was like, fuck, I'm sorry. I didn't, I 
didn't know that I can switch up that way in right. a heartbeat, you know? That's why he's and, sitting so far away from me right yeah. now. <laughs> Safe distance. Yeah, because I picked something up that I shouldn't have, and it was like, I didn't care. And my, my son was probably a teenager at that time, so it was like, but you, it, it's, I'm not going to lie, like even growing up in, in, after I had my son in my 20s, um, shit would kick off and I'm the only female there because I'm there with him or I'm, I was always with the guys that growing up. So growing up, I hardly was with my homegirls. It was, I was raised because my mom would, you know, she had her boyfriend, she would go on the weekends and I was only allowed to go out on the weekends if my brother was there. Mm. And my brother was already from the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I was always around the guys growing up, and mm-hmm. um, some of the older guys, you, um, if you go around my neighborhood, they call me Esavero mm-hmm. because I'm one of the guys. Right, Esavero. <laughs> yeah, and it, and some of them still call me that, you know, the ones that are still around. But um, it's it's a trip when you say that because I work with um, the homeless population. I've worked with um, gang reduction programs. I've done. I worked with women and men from um, coming in and out of prison. When you hear some of those ladies' stories. It's um, it's heartbreaking because they've gone through so much that it took them to that point. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Right. I mean, I mean, yes. I mean, the, the, the backstory of a lot of these women were horrendous. Yeah. But you also know? that backstory, not that anyone should have to endure it, but the fact that they're still here also speaks about a kind of strength, right? Yeah. Definitely, sure. definitely, because uh, to have to hurt somebody, take somebody's life, to have to go through something like that. It's, I mean, once you're you're in that cell and, and you've had that moment to think and like reality hits you, and I, I can't even imagine what's going through their mind. Like, but when you hear their stories and it's like, I thought of my kids right away, my family, or you know, what, and the main thing is themselves. Like now they realize how important their life was, mm-hmm. but because their life was being taken away for so many years and, and it would just dawn on them now that, fuck, I'm going to sit in this fucking cell for so long. And for what? Was it worth it? But at the end of the day, it's, you know, it can break them, make them either way. Sure. Right. Break them or make them either way. And So going back to this film then, so how long approximately did it take for uh, Mi Vida Loca to film approximately? Hey, about a year and about a, about a year. year. Mike, yeah. you remember this time as well? Yeah, I I helped out. Um, Were you like the uh, best boy or the boom operator? You know when Sad Girl's getting her <laughs> no, tattoo? Was, yeah. Hand, that's his hand tattooing. It, yeah, no shit. The, the tattoo advisor. Yeah, consultant. consultant. <laughs> yeah, then, then I came on a couple of the, the scenes in the background and stuff like that. Yeah. So, right. Yeah, because I was working at the time, so it was hard for me to take time off to go. Sure. Know, yeah. And actually be part of it. So what sure. was the experience for you when you finally saw the film put together? It was mind blowing. It was I remember when we went to the studio and even just going to the studio and doing the voiceovers. Right. Mm-hmm. That was crazy because Where did you go? Um somewhere on sunset at the um what studio was it? 
Sony Sony Picture Studios. No this kidding. is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. What's crazy? Right. It's what's crazy to me is like to try and get a film like this made or a studio to invest the nickel in it or right. put, bring you onto the sets and send cameras to the name like it, it's just not gonna happen bro like it doesn't seem for that to go down and to actually that's why i'm just so blown away that this story fucking will turn into a motion picture a feature <laughs> film that was released in studios like and it released in theaters right so yeah tell us about that um it, sony studio wait, wait, yeah. yeah so so wait a second so right so how do you, you guys all have appointments for the Sony Studios and go on the lot? Yeah, they would pick us up, <laughs> pick us up on the van, and they would- Today they would say it's a liability, we gotta <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. go on. They no, would they would pick up. us up in the van and we'd go do our voiceovers. And it was during the day, of course, uh, we'd have to get excuse for those that were in school. Had to get our excuses. Sorry, Teach, I gotta go do <laughs> my yeah, voiceovers yeah, down yeah, at yeah, Sony yeah. Studios. <laughs> you know how it goes. Yeah. And was it exciting to be on the studio? Did you see anybody walking around? Like, did you see John Ritter trip and fall? Uh, <laughs> no, no. It wasn't until the movie premiere. Movie premiere is when we saw um, all the actors there. And it was like, I think that's where I was like, um, oh, shit. <laughs> shit just got real. Where was, the, yeah. where was the premiere at? The Dome on Sunset. Yeah! That's fucking major, man. Yeah, that's serious shit right I think there. I might have saw it at the Dome. I think I might have seen it at the Dome. Was there a red carpet? Yeah. yeah red carpet. Did you get all dolled up and shit? Oh, man. Homegirl-like. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? In character? You in character? Oh, yeah. Fucking great. Right. fabulous. Was Mike allowed to be there, yes, or did he, he have to stay home? No, no, no. He was there. Mike got off from work for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have. I actually have pictures. Um... From the studio, from, from the filming that day. Oh, the really? red carpet. I mean, when you first see a crazy white lady on a bus talking about a film, the last thing you think is going to happen is you're going to be at the. I would never the buy it. Like, yeah, right. you're going to get a bucket bill. Like, right. Geez. And that's how we were. We were like, so when she came with the script, it was like, okay, we're gonna. So when we when we asked to like make the changes, like, no, we don't say that. No, we don't do that. Um, I think she really took into consideration. Like, okay, I really got to have you guys read the script and help me with it right. but she did also still tell us some of it has to be Hollywood right okay cool you know what was the um, parts that had to be Hollywood like generally do you remember was it like oh okay well at the end there has to be a tragedy yeah that um, <laughs> the little kid going up to the coffin right with the yeah. pulling up the underwears um, <laughs> you know like the little right. comedy part ones yeah. um, well you're a screenplay writer right Jumahan go he's ahead got an award he writes screenplays yeah. go ahead you know, it, there's the basic fundamentals of what a story has to have, right? It has to have like a beginning, then there needs to be a a middle, a bad guy, and, and a, the right, end. Right? Yeah, there does. But it, you know, to be honest with you, I was thinking a lot about what you were saying, and I was thinking about the 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 movie structures and the way that it was all approached, mm -hmm. and especially back then. And I honestly think that the best parts of Mi Vida Loca are the ones that are more sort of like authentic and you kind of sometimes can feel where you're like oh the studio had to, to do this do this in order for it to be there because they think the audience the audience they're trying to get a bigger audience yeah right grab that attention right and so they they've got a bunch of you know skitabozas in suits who think they know what these people want so they go well it's got to have this and it's got to have that and they tell directors and everybody down the line like Allison like this is how it's got to be but you do wonder deep down in your heart like, does it really have to be that way? Or would they have loved it if it was actually that authentic thing all the, the way, way through? through. 
We'll never know. Yeah. I think that's how the censorship actually works. Yeah. So like in the beginning where um, Mousy is going to go have sex for the first time with Ernesto, Mm. like we didn't have a hangout like that. Right. Hangout was the street. Right. 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 But they had to make it like there was a hangout. Right. uh, It probably would have been cool back in the days. But But, yeah. So some of the realities of the life, a larger audience wasn't prepared to see. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Even though their economy depended on the reality. Yeah. But anyway, enough about the real life. Let's go back to the fucking premiere. <laughs> so you get all dolled up, right? And you go down there. Now, is there people, is there flash bulbs going on? There's and- cameras everywhere. Photographers left, right, in front of you. I mean, everywhere they're there. And I, at the time, I didn't know that, um, I wasn't familiar with some of the actors. Um, I think. <laughs> Who was the one that Jack Nicholson? You walk I, right by Jack Nicholson. You're I, like, almost, I almost feel like I almost feel like I feel like we're we're almost coming to like a, a time on the first one. Let me check. Let me check. Uh, oh, Blue Eyes, where are we at on time? Thirty-three. Thirty-three. Okay. All right. We got some time. We got a little bit. Okay. 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 So wait a second. So. You don't know who all they are. And they don't even look the same in real life, right? No. You walk by and you're like, I guess that was Emmanuel Lewis? Well, I don't the car's know. pulling up and like you're getting out and the camera bulbs are going off type Flash shit. Flash bulbs well, are going off. So there's a picture that Allison posted because I believe the dome got closed down the theater or they were closing it down yeah. right. sometime this year. So she was posting pictures from the theater that she had. And there's pictures with Jennifer Lopez there. And oh, I'm like, get the fuck out. Yeah, that's what I was trying to look for my She's right still now. fine. <laughs> right? Okay. But it's like, when I go back to look at those pictures, I'm like, damn, I didn't know that I was in the same room with this girl. <laughs> Here I am with uh, Jennifer Lopez. Imagine you know? that. And that this was, was when the Cinerama Dome was still the Cinerama Dome. Yeah. It right. was the actual dome. Right. That octagon, that yeah. dome looking Yeah, geodescent. Yeah, dude. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. awesome. If Who you else? went to Cinerama Dome, you were going to go see something good at the Cinerama Dome. <laughs> like the film buffs. Yeah, went dude, to that. exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a trip just going back to that and seeing, like, man, I can't believe those actors were there. I remember taking my camcorder at the time, you know, we had the camcorders. <laughs> yeah. And um, recording. And I, for the life of me, don't know where that film's at. Damn. <laughs> That's real life. Was, real Edward, life. was Edward James almost over there? I don't know if he was there. Okay. I don't remember seeing Dude, him. Who were, some, who were some other big, like, Latino people? Danny Trejo? Was Danny Trejo? Danny Trejo. Um, Dude, in the film, Dude, he Diamond looks Phillip? so young, bro. Lou Diamond Phillips? Lou Diamond Phillips. Oh, La Bamba. Uh, I think it was the brother, the one that played Bob. Oh, Emilio oh. Estevez. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. 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 The brother who he's, he's who was always mad, jealous yes, of Richie. Yes, Everything's same, Richie. Same yes. Role, right. Or something like that. Uh... uh Say it again. Issa Morales. Issa Morales. Morales. Yeah. Yeah. Morales. Yeah, I remember That's him right. because Issa he was Morales. sitting across yeah. from us on the left hand yeah. right. side. Right. Issa Morales. Right. God yeah. damn, Man. dude. You Cypress gotta Hill. also remember. What's that? Cypress Hill was there too. Cypress there Hill. There you go. That's Another it. show That's connection. A, you know, and you want to know something that's interesting about this is like, we're talking about this, you guys. Now listen. <laughs> listen. Listen. <laughs> like, the Chicano Latino community was always there. Right. But we weren't yet in Hollywood. This is like, this is not like today where you have this big push for Brown and there's all these different, no, this was before all, this was dominated by a Caucasian white, you know, market really. Right. And you, and you had the black African-American market 
starting to kind of begin to make some segue, yeah. right? But 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 Brown, we weren't even in it. So that's why this was such a big... This is why the name she's talking about, everybody's showing up in Hollywood for this because this is, this is huge for, for our culture, right? This is huge for huge. our people. Right. Another big film in 1994, just to contrast with Mi Vida Loca, is Legends of the Fall. Which is maybe the most white film yeah, yeah, fly yeah. fishing in the motherfucker, right? Yeah, like you can't man. get whiter than that. I yeah. love that movie, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> you got Brad Pitt. See? That's why. See? See? Yeah. See? <laughs> Interesting. Forrest Gump. Right. Really. Little Giants. Wow. <laughs> Pulp Fiction. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Interesting. Shawshank Redemption. But you know something is like it just was. Uh, You know what's you know what's you know what's kind of fucked up in a way too is that is that we're talking about this and there's really not been like a progressive of it. We're talking yeah. about something that was and and now how many years later? 25, 30 years 30, later? 29 years. 29 years later we're just starting to get like this yeah. thing. Like what what's been happening for you the last what? You make 28 such years. a great fucking point. The issue is because it really was. I mean, I lived up in Washington at the time. Okay, mm -hmm. all right. Fucking podunk town. You weren't even down here yet. No, I was in Washington, some podunk bullshit backwater town, and they had heard of me, Vita Loca. Right. All right. Okay. That's crazy. Why did that film get through the fucking deal at that time? You know what? I've been doing. My, um, I've been doing meet and greets already for the last six years, and the first one I did, um, I went to go surprise Angel Olivas, which is a sad girl. She was in the city of um, La Puente, and I surprised her. She had no clue that I was going to be there, and it was um, we sat down for like an hour and we talked. And but during the time that I was there at that event, I was so thrown back at the generation of families that went to see her. You had mom grandma granddaughters right. and it just blew my mind and we sat down and we talked for that hour and she's like Vero I don't know why we didn't do this a long time ago I don't know what held us back I think for them it was mostly what they were binded by a contract um, there was a lot of things that they couldn't like profit off of it they couldn't sell things off of the movie um, to me it was like I got all my original pictures from that movie right and um, it's my story my life so I'm gonna do what you know um, what I have to to get it out there uh, and, and at, at first I was like nah it's not gonna nobody's not gonna wanna come see me you're just Vero like who you know nobody don't know the story till I say it until er, or, you know people know me realistically know me right and um She's like, we got to do something about it. Let's do something. I'm going to get the girls together. Let's see what we can do to do meet and greets. And she made it happen. Um, me, um, Angel, Sad Girl, Mousy, mm. Baby Doll, we go out, we do meet and greets. Um, Let's slow down there for a minute. Yeah. 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 We want to slow down there for a minute because <laughs> I want to get into that part post. Well, one thing that I wanted to go back to that you talked about that goes back to the filming, right? Uh -huh. You said something about during that time, you're like 15, 16, you found your voice. So it was um, after the movie was filmed, um, 
I went back to school, was finishing school, and but during that time, it helped me find who I was as a person, because I was just, you know, lost. I would go to school, but no interest into why, you know, like, other than get my education, right? But I didn't know what I wanted um, to do and where life was going to take me, and as I got a little bit older, right. and um, I hooked up with my husband, he's which is my older homeboy, right. and um, we got together, got married, and... Um, but during that time, I found I realized that I was um, always there for my friends, and not just my neighborhood friends, but friends that I knew even from school that weren't from my neighborhood. Um, mm-hmm. I was always there to help them. I was always an uh, an advocate. I was always speaking up for people, but didn't realize that I was that person at that time. Right? right. I right. just knew that I had a big mouth and I would talk shit and put my voice out there and be like, "You're telling hey, my you, story. You're not going to hurt them. You're not going to, you know." Right. I was always the one to intervene, protector, protector. Yeah, to do something. <laughs> And um, that led me into the life where I'm at now. Um, I I took a really big role as I got um, older and in my 20s, and I became part of my neighborhood council um, in Echo but, Park. But going back to the voice, right? Because I think this is crucial for young people, Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds that are listening, some mm. of the younger folks. Like, can you walk us through um, what the circumstance was that you go, oh wait a minute? I'm a protector. What was that thing that happened that caused you to see that? I witnessed a lot of um, my homeboys um, dead or or being shot, and um, a lot of people, uh, a lot of the girls that ran away from home or that were struggling with like pregnancy didn't want to tell their parents. Mm-hmm. They would come to my house. Um, we I'd help them figure out solutions, what we can do. Of course, with the help of my mom too. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, um, and then with the, um, the death of my homegirl that passed away, that came out in the movie, she was mm-hmm. in a little scene. Um, I think that also was, I think her dying was the big push of me realizing who I was and, and that I was that helper and I needed to keep helping people. And that's what I was here for. When you well, say your mom, so was your mom kind of modeling that for you as well? Was your mom? Was it you and your 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 mom that was like a safe haven place, or was or not? Am I wrong? No, I think she just. My mom was never on the weekend. She was always gone, mm-hmm. um, you know, with her boyfriend, and I don't know. I guess she just. It, it was just me. It was right, something right, that was right. just, just me. I never role. realized until after and, you know, and somebody and, and, takes on that role in a neighborhood a lot of times. Yeah, somebody it, just takes on that role. They become that person. Right. And your homegirl, was that Nika? Nika. That was my childhood, my best friend since elementary. Let me be clear about something real quick. And I know that people will probably want to ask this. And that is that, first off, question one. Is this story, Mi Vida Loca, loosely written about your life and your story? Parts of it, yeah. Most of it is. Um, a lot of it is also shared stories from the other girls. Okay. Homegirls from my neighborhood. Sure. But uh, majority, so like Whisper... Um, she played, you know, she, the drug dealing, right? That was my role when my brother got busted and he left all these drugs behind. And right. I knew because I hung out with him, I knew who to get rid of it to. Right. And that's that became where, like your thing. Yeah. Right? I kind of like, I like to whisper. <laughs> and and in throughout the film and the, the people in the movie, like, was, 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 was some of these stars, you know, some of the people in the movie, you tell us, were real gang members. Yeah. So you have um, Sadie Lopez, um, Angela Solis, Christina Solis, um, Giggles, um, 
I always forget Mar- Marone, Marone. I forget her name, mm-hmm. but um, those were all the actresses: Jacob Vargas, um, Art, the one that played Little Shadow, Ernesto. Those were all actors. The background scenery of everyone that you see in the background, from when they're jumping in, um, the guys at the the meeting, those are all original homeboys from Echo Park. Really? Um, some of the little kids that you see that play um, Sadie and, and Mousy's, um daughter and son, those are my homeboys' kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all the girls in the rest of the background, the baby shower scenes, the meetings, that um, those are also... Well, and is it true? I read somewhere wow. about your homegirl Nika that um, Allison Anders actually put together like a, a scholarship fund or some kind of help fund in her name t- as a remembrance. Is that true? I don't know. I haven't heard about that, but I, um, Allison is forever and will forever be in my heart, and I will always do anything and everything she asked me because she ended up taking. Um, raising Nika's son, adopting right. him, and wow. I had him for um, probably about four months living with me after she passed away, and wow. I didn't. I was only seventeen at that time. Eight, yeah, seventeen. I'm like, I don't know what to do with the baby, and mm-hmm. my parents had just bought a house in Eagle Rock, and my mom was like, I can't. We can't do this. How are we going to raise them? And I didn't want to give them back to the family. Right. I, she came from a really bad. Um, background of you know alcoholics and there was drug addiction a lot of her family members and i knew that he needed a better life and wow she adopted she adopted and she did eventually create a fund a scholarship fund for nika rogers for benefit youth in echo park listen right there because there's a lot more to talk about you know guys so I, I, yeah, definitely. I would like to just take it. This is a very important interview. It's a great story and important, and it's not all going to fit into. It should. It should. So, right. Yeah, right. You're right. So let's let's uh, let's definitely you know have a part two. Okay. We're going to bring it back. Right. We're going to find out more um, about Vera's uh, Veronica's you know history. This film what happened with the opening of the film, right. what that set off. What other amazing celebrities she didn't recognize. <laughs> right. And kind of what's going on with Veronica and all the different things that have unfolded from that, that bring her here today. Right. So we will be back with a part two. But That's for right now, right. we're going to cut this short and you'll have to pick up the show on part two. Part of two. Veronica Arroyo. Ariano. 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 And Mi Vida Loca, the story. Get out of here. Hasta la vista. That's our love show. Esposo Mike. even then. She was always in deep shit with her mom.
saved her ass that day. And I've been saving it ever since. We grew up together, her and me. There wasn't anything she didn't know about me. And nothing I didn't know about her. We were so tight. People called us like we were one name. Mona and Maribel. We even had our periods on the same day. She was always boy crazy, but when she saw Ernesto, that was it. It was all she could talk about. She drove me crazy with it. Do you think he likes me? Ask him who he likes.